0: You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons limited series. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. On this episode, we finish off the Bristlebacks, reopen Chain Scape, and head to baron Light. Welcome to episode 37 of Lightkeeper Protocol. To Lightkeeper Protocol, a podcast about our journey through Horizon Zero Dawn and Horizon Forbidden West. I am Jarrett, but you can call me Ja, and I am here with Christina also known as Pop Dart. Hello. And I'd like to welcome any new listeners and welcome back any returning listeners. I uh, thank you guys very much for taking out the time to check out Lightkeeper Protocol and uh we'd love to hear what you have to say about the show and the game so please join us on discord at mash.gg slash discord where we do have channels dedicated to the show and to horizon zero dawn uh we've had a couple conversations in there now a couple of uh of good ones so we would love to have you there as well so uh before we get into you know what we're talking about today let's just recap what we talked about last time uh so on the last episode we made it into the Daunt, had the pleasure of meeting Studious Vuadis, who ref- is refusing to go to Baron Light because of uh, the Bristlebacks and the Daunt. Uh, we also find out there's a work stoppage in the Daunt currently because of the Bristlebacks. So Aloy, she goes to track down Aaron, but in, on the way she runs into Petra and Chainscrape, uh, and so we get a chance to talk with her. Uh, we also meet Olvind, who is the boss of Chainscrape, and he is trying to manipulate the Karja into giving up the claims of the land so he can get really rich. But, of course, he's saying it's not about him. It's about the people. So he's the man of the people. Of course. And, uh, yeah, finally, we track down Aaron, and he had a few choice words about how Aloy left after the Battle of Meridian. Well-deserved, I must say. Well-deserved. So I'm glad somebody said it and got it out. <laughs> but.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm i like half and half, especially at that point of playing. So, but we can continue. It's fine. I'll, I'll talk about uh, that later.
0: <laughs> All right. So, yeah, let's go ahead and get into today's scenario. Aloy and Aaron depart ways. Aaron heads for Baron Light as Aloy goes to clear the remaining bristlebacks. After clearing the final five, she speaks with Alvin, who doesn't seem too happy that the bristlebacks have been dealt with. He tries to delay the opening of Chainscreep further, but after being given an ultimatum by Aloy, he ultimately decides to reopen Chainscreep. Aloy then heads to Baron Light, where she meets Lawan, the second in command of Baron Light. Aloy wants the embassy to begin, but Lawan informs her that while Commander Nazar has signaled that the Karja are ready to begin, the Tanakh have not. Lawan tells her that no one can exit the gate of Baron Light until the embassy is complete the Tanakh are gone. Aloy goes to talk to Nozar, believing she can convince him to open the gate. Aloy discovers the reason for the delay is that only two of the three Tanakh clans are present, and the protocol is to wait for all three. Nozar does not want to break protocol, as the situation is already tense with the Tanakh. Aloy isn't pleased with this and wants Nozar to take action. Nozar says no one will go through the gate, including the savior of Meridian. All right, so after Aloy gets done talking to Aaron, she heads off to clear the remaining Bristlebacks. Now, you can kind of, you don't have to follow the path, because it's, it's actually like across the river where you have to go. Uh, actually, cl- back closer to Chain Scrape. And if you follow the path, I think if you follow the path, you run into some other Asaram before getting to the quest area. Did you, get to, did you see this? Where... The Asaram are trying to get scraps from a dead bristleback, but there's another bristleback around that's trying to kill them and they're refusing to leave, so Aloy has to kill the other bristleback.
1: Is that the is that the one that I found before going? Because we talked about this on the last episode. I found uh there were two people fighting a bristle. Well, one person fighting a bristleback, because the other one was pinned down by a dead one. Oh no, because no, those those were those were, or they're fighting it. They weren't trying to get scraps. I don't think I encountered that.
0: Yeah, like if you come for, if you go across the river and come from the quest objective from the south, there are a group of Osirom trying to scrap a dead bristleback before the scrappers come. And there's another bristleback there that's still alive, so you gotta kill it. And then Aloy is like, "Hey, you should head back to Chainscrape, so that you know you don't die out here because it's dangerous out in these streets with these bristlebacks." And they're like, no way, we got to scrap this thing. Like, you know, <laughs> And so they re- like, they're, they're risking their life just to get some scrap, you know, you, ca- you can't make shards if you're dead, man. Right. Like, <laughs> actually, it was a woman. So <laughs> I was like, you can't make shards if you're dead. But yeah, but um, I thought that was interesting. It does. It is kind of interesting that you can have different experiences just by arbitrarily taking a different path.
1: Yeah, because you know. that happened to me when I walked out the backside of Chainscrape, and someone was running from a Bristleback. And you didn't get that yeah. at all.
0: No, I did not get that at all. So. Uh, but eventually, Aloy, she comes across a quarry with some Osoram fighting a few Bristlebacks. And this is where the actual quest area is. And actually, more come down as you're fighting. So I think you end up fighting about five Bristlebacks in total, which isn't that bad because you just have the chain reaction thing you know that's that's basically what you need to do is just cause a chain reaction and they're they're gonna die pretty fast
1: so i didn't realize like the last one was a fire bristleback i'm like watching the gameplay again i'm like i keep hitting the tank why is it not exploding i was using toxic arrows the whole time so i struggled a bit because i didn't
0: you mean acid arrows
1: yeah there we go just yeah <laughs> same thing acid, toxic whatever
0: <laughs> Yeah. so yeah like the the fire bristlebacks don't aren't there at first it's no, they're only not. acid they're only acid bristlebacks and then, then the fire bristlebacks come down the hill but mm-hmm. so if you're if you're not facing in that direction you'll never see it like they it just looks like more pop-up but like they come down the hill and yeah they're the last two are fire uh because i actually i did shoot a acid arrow at it and then when it didn't and i know i hit it as a fact you know i know i definitely hit the canister and when it didn't start smoking or whatever for the overload i was like what's going on i was like oh it's red not green
1: yeah no i just kept trying and i'm like do i keep missing like what's going on
0: the problem though is well, at least for me at this point in the game i did not have access to fire arrows at this point in the game I don't like if you did. I don't know how you got it because the first place you can buy fire arrows is from chain scrape, but after they blow the whistle,
1: I might not have had fire arrows either.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Like, you get there was no fire arrow for me, so like I ended up just fighting it.
1: <laughs> oh, so maybe that's why I didn't think of it. Uh, maybe you could have gotten fire arrows if you then did the hunting grounds. Uh, I don't think, I don't think that.
0: The hunting grounds are probably closed too. Does it Give you? Oh I no, maybe not. Like I, I didn't try to go to hunting grounds. You're right. So maybe I, the hunting grounds are open.
1: I did go to the hunting grounds after the facts, but it was like after after the facts. But now that I'm thinking of it, I don't think they have any fire weapons anyway.
0: No, because it's they definitely use shock more frequently in that battle. Uh, in that ground, one, so yeah, yeah. So yeah, no fire arrows. So you just had to do it the old school way. Just hit it until it died. <laughs> But uh, after you finish the bristleback, she talked to Belna. Uh, she's one of the Osram at the quarry, and she thanks Aloy. But she's frustrated about the work stoppage, and you know she tells Aloy that if they were if they start working without Alvin's approval, he would just ban them. Uh, so you know he says he has enough power and influence to shut them down for good. So I'm I'm assuming he means across all Osram, you know, uh, society because. It's not like, it it seems like they just can't move move somewhere else and then not deal with him. He might have enough influence where if they go to another place, it's like, hey, if you see Belna, don't give her any work.
1: Possibly, but also think about how it is in the claim where, like, women can't really work. So, like, where else would she be able to go?
0: Well, I don't know if if women can't work in the claim. like, Or or I'll put it like this, because there's the claim, and then there's also places that still, there's asaram settlements. That observe the Eldermen,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, but you know, I'm pretty sure Chainscrape is one of those Asaram settlements that observe the, I guess, the hierarchy of the Eldermen because, uh, according to Petra, I think it was Petra that said, it, like he's he wants to be one. He if he be if if this whole thing with the with the what was it called
1: the decree the yeah the, the, the decree. concession decree yeah
0: goes through. He'll be rich enough to buy enough votes to become an alderman, but that so doesn't mean woman- they
1: believe in the hierarchy of eldermen. that just means that they are willing to vote to get money
0: well, that means they they'll still observe it like you know, and there's there's a bunch of women working in chains. scrape like there's a the woman yeah. uh we're gonna like uh, we'll get into in a little bit, but there's a woman who needs her hammer fixed I mean she's not gonna use a hammer to go like bake some cookies. <laughs> you know she'
1: needs a I think you, know, you know what I think it is It's not that they can't do work, it's that they don't have any position of power, so they can work, but they probably don't have any kind of position of power and probably aren't listened to
0: right, yeah, that's what yeah, I would assume, like even thinking, with Petra, saying, yeah, Petra probably would have been I think they they prioritize like uh, your position of power as a woman is directly probably related to the man that you're married to right probably i would I would say that's probably what what their 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 deal is um it'd be great if we had more information on the oeron. We really like it, I had to <laughs> piece together what a freebooter was, and the freebooters are a major piece of what has happened in horizon, you know what I'm saying, so yeah I mean that's that's great and now that i' think about it like I just had this thought, but um it's crazy that you deal with the oram so much. Uh, that she, the Asurama are, are extremely important to the story and to what has happened. They like they help shape the world
1: mm-hmm. that
0: you're in right now. And we don't have that much information on them. And we've never been to the claim.
1: Well, that'll be the third game.
0: Uh, yeah, so after the Bristlebacks are dealt with, Aloy heads back to Chainscrape to talk to Olvind. Now the Bristlebacks are actually dealt with.
2: I cleared out all the Bristlebacks. Oh, you did? Now that you've recovered from your shock, time to blow the whistle. Oh there, not so fast. I'll have to send someone out to confirm the kills, make sure the valley is safe again. Shouldn't take more than a day or two.
1: (sighs) No, you blow the whistle now.
2: These are innocent Osram lives we're talking about here. Surely the delay-
1: Either you do it now or I will.
2: Ah, I knew you could do it! Friends, gather round. Huh? The savior of Meridian has done it again. The bristlebacks are defeated. Uh, you. What? Sound oh, the whistle. Chain scrape is open for business.
1: Terrific! Great. Yay! And Ulvind has agreed to personally pay every worker their lost wages. Yeah. That's more like it. Yeah. Woo! Ha Yeah! Yeah!
0: Don't you have an embassy to get to?
1: Yeah, I guess I do.
0: So Alban's still trying to delay their reopening of Chainscrape. Like, it's really the only card he has against the Karja right now, is to because if the, if there's no work, that means Baron Light cannot be rebuilt. Mm-hmm. You know? And I know they're doing the embassy with the, with the Tanakh, right? But if that embassy goes south, if something goes wrong. And Baron Light is not, you know, in good shape. The Tanakh could just come through and kill everybody if they wanted to. So they they really need to have that uh, <laughs> that rebuilt. So that's actually Very a pretty true. good card that he's playing. Uh, but it doesn't seem like any of the other Asauron really support what he's trying to do. Um, And maybe they would if he wasn't trying to, like, force discounts on all the merchants there. Maybe they'd have his back a bit more.
1: That's the thing. Cause you said before, his ideas aren't necessarily the worst. Right. Yeah. Because he's, you know, securing the space for the Asaram. But right, he's a exactly. jerk. He is a massive jerk. Everyone you encounter just set, has something bad to say about him.
0: Right. Yeah. Cause not only like he's doing that, but then on top of that, he's also the people that aren't working right now aren't getting paid either. They right. can't make money while this is going on so you know Aloy she gives him an ultimatum which he agree and you know he agrees to open chains great but then he tries to swing it in his favor of course because he's like oh i knew you could do it that <laughs> he has he, he does that thing and then he says scrape is reopened for business and did you hear there is one person that says yay did you hear that?
1: I didn't. No, I did not. So what I wrote down was like he tells everyone to gather and there's like an Osteron woman that was like, now what? And that's yeah. what I wrote down.
0: There is There is one person that says like, they're just like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> like that. Like there's one person that says yay, which is really funny. And then Aloy adds, like, when he's done talking, says that Olven has agreed to pay every worker their lost wages, and that got people to cheer.
1: Oh, yeah. See, I like and hate this at the same time, because hit him where it hurts, his wallet, because that's all he cares about. However, making that promise helps him, because then the people are like, oh, maybe he's not such a bad guy
0: exactly like if it, if he if he pulls this thing off like it actually might work in his favor you were correct there yeah so but i obviously he didn't want to do that so he's like hey don't you have an embassy to get to or something like that
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah aloy moves on so once Chainscrape is reopened uh you can now use the merchants and the first thing i did was i went and bought a sharp shot bow that's the first thing i did oh and yeah I, I really should have bought a fire bow instead because I knew they were fire bristlebacks. I didn't think about it. As soon as I saw the sharp shot bow, I just went went for it.
1: I had a lot of shards. And it's probably... I've had so many... I have not had a shard issue a single time in this game. And that's when you were playing on hard still. Yeah, I barely
0: had any money. Barely had any money.
1: Yeah, so I bought, like, everything.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. No, I barely had any money. I had to choose between gear and upgrades all the time. All the time. I bought so sometimes I had to choose between ammo and upgrades. I was broke. Oof. <laughs> it was bad. So, there is a little dialogue scene you get when you approach the weapons vendor. And, I mean, I, I, if you never talk to him, I guess you don't get the scene that you... you well, well, you bought the weapon, so you got the scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you went past him before Chainscape open, you'll hear a woman talking to him, and she's trying to get him to fix the hammer, her her hammer, but he won't do it because of the work stoppage. And so when Aloy goes back to him, he's like, oh, I, I got the good stuff laid out for you. And the woman's like, hey, I've been waiting here for days to get my hammer fixed. And he's like, well, you haven't done anything useful. Like, get rid of the bristle bag either. <laughs> <laughs> so, but after you're done with the merchant, uh, the woman asked if she can get her hammer fixed now, and he's like, I can fix the hammer, but I can't fix you. So, you know, they obviously they have, know they each have, other.
1: They have more dialogue, too. Like, if you come back and talk to them, they actually say more things. Oh, after you. Yeah, after you progress in the game, they have, like, more conversations with each other. I don't think it adds to anything. It's just a funny little back and forth.
0: Ah, uh, gotcha. Yeah. But yeah, the only thing I got at the time was the sharp shot, because it was the only thing I could afford. So...
1: Yeah, I bought a bunch of because at this point, I was like, let me do everything possible that I can because I did the the hunting grounds and got whatever weapons from there, too, because every vendor has different weapons, which is
0: frustrating. Fun. (laughs) It is frustrating, like trying to figure out like, oh, I saw this weapon. Let me go back and then forget where you saw it or where you got it from. You know, and some of the weapons have, I guess it's a good time to talk about weapons because some of the weapons have like just very different, like minute difference in stats. Uh, different weapons have different ammo types, like, you know, and for a while, it took me a long time to find on my main, on my my hunter bow for me to find a combination of arrow of, of arrows that I liked. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think I came into your stream the moment I found w- I, I've only found one in the game. But I found a hunter bow that had the combination of the the original combination from Horizon Zero Dawn, which was uh, hunter arrows, fire arrows, and then later on uh, hard point arrows. But they're not called hard point arrows anymore. They're called advanced hunter arrows now. That's what they're called. They're not called hard. That. They're not called. It's the same symbol, though. It's the same symbol. <laughs> like so.
1: There's so many different like arrow tips now, like outside of the element. There's like a bunch of different types of arrows as well.
0: Yeah. And it, that's one of the things we kind of talked about. like be how overly complex.
1: There's so many. It, I don't know. There's like one with a weird symbol that almost looks like the tear blast because it's like a cylinder at the end, I think. But it's not. That's
0: homing homing arrows. That's what those are.
1: Oh, maybe I should use that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it's, I think you attach that. I, I've never, I actually have a bow that uses it, that has it, never used it. Yeah, same. I think you attach that, that bow to somebody and then switch to the other bow and start shooting it and it'll like home the arrows.
1: Oh, that's sick. Okay, I'm going to try it. I'm i think not that's how to try it, it. But
0: that's what essentially what it is. Like I know it's, it, is like, it is like a homing arrow, you know.
1: I wonder I, can you attach it to a weakness, like a weak point, and if is it homing enough that it'll hit that weak point?
0: Did I just tell you i never used it?
1: <laughs> did you? <laughs> yeah, I just yeah,
0: said I never used it. I don't know how good the homing how good oh. uh, how how the homing is, but oh. I mean it might be really useful. Um so I mean, I still got some game to play, so watch well, should be I'll, like the
1: strongest that. weapon of the game.
0: Ever. <laughs> <laughs> and I just never used it. Yeah, but it's like yeah, it's like a homing arrow or something like that. And uh, I do appreciate the armor piercing arrows they have, even though like they have an armor piercing arrow and then they have a piercing arrow. Like they have a, a an arrow that's designed to pierce through armor, so it hurts them. When like you know, like for example um later in the game a lot of enemies are wearing helmets who would have thought they're wearing headgear to protect themselves and you can't just headshot them with a regular bow usually your first bow even if it's powerful will break the headpiece and then the second bow will give them a headshot but this one you can just shoot straight through it they have they have that and then they have piercing arrows that shoot through people so yeah yeah
1: so here's the thing about that though, with a sharpshoot arrow, right? The sharpshooter, what I do is I shoot their helmet off because they're like, "What? What just happened? What the heck?" But they're still like just standing there, and then you just shoot them. Like it's two shots, and you still just kill them in two shots, and it doesn't alert anyone. Like that's what I've been doing because I can't be bothered.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean there is a bow that allows you to, uh, that allows you to pierce the armor. I actually have the only thing that I'm using that on. Is actually a shredder gauntlet. I have a shredder gauntlet that is armor-like piercing. And, man, it does, like, when you power it up, it does a a good amount of damage. And then the fourth hit is an explosion, which is cool.
1: That's I think that's the one that I've been using because it has that and then a hard-hitting version, I think, in one gauntlet. I mean, it it
0: depends on the shredder gauntlet that you have because mine has that and then it has shock. That's what. That's what. That's the other what it
1: is. That's what it is. It's shock. Yeah. It's the same one. That's the one I've been using.
0: Ah, Okay. Yeah. But yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I understand the idea behind putting different uh, types of gear in different places because the, the the outfits are different too. But it is from a gameplay perspective, it's a little frustrating. It's a little annoying because it's not even like you can reference it, right? Like if I wanted to go look for where this thing is, I have to leave the game and go online. That's Mm -hmm. what I have to do. I have to leave the game and go online to go look to see which vendor has it. I think it would have been better off if you were able to pick up maybe uh, recipes or item lists that when you got all these items that you could craft the armor that you're looking for. I think that would have been better so that I wouldn't have to worry about going back to the right vendor. Go find it. I mean, they already have a system in place where you have to get specific parts in order to make or to get your upgrades and stuff like that.
1: Right. I mean, they did uh, in Horizon Zero Dawn, they they had it split up by location. So if you were in the Sundom, you had different items than what you would have had in the uh, Sacred Lands.
0: Right. You have all vendors. Yeah. Exactly. You would have Karja items versus uh, Nora items versus. (laughs) Asaram-ish items versus (laughs) like Banuk items. But yeah, like you know, that is true. It would have been helpful when you because like when you visit Tanakh territory later, there's so much Tanakh gear. I mean, it is cool, at least at least it doesn't suck. Like at least their armor looks really nice and it it, it performs well. So and I would understand
1: like hunting grounds or something having different weapons, but that's easy to like navigate to.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So versus like, oh, which settlement? Because there's a bunch of outposts and settlements mm-hmm. in the game. You know, very small ones at that. And it's like, which one did I did I find this at? So but I think like we talked about that I think on the first episode, like how like the Yeah. You know, that that issue. Now we're just expanding on it. <laughs> uh but I this is where I, this is where I've actually first picked up my deluxe edition gear. And from this point until I want to say about 20 hours into the game, I wore the Karja Behemoth Elite Armor. Maybe a little bit longer than that. Because the next set of armor I got was after two major turning points. (laughs) Not one, but two major turning points was the next time I I upgraded my armor. Or it changed out my armor, I should say.
1: Yeah, see, I got the Deluxe Edition, and I used the pre-order armor. I thought it was just a special armor. I didn't realize it was from pre-order. But one, I liked how it looked better, and two, I, I don't know which stats I liked in that one better than the other one, but I liked the stats better, and I don't know why.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the cards one, I think it just kind of fit my play style a bit better. Mm-hmm. I usually, I'll take high defense over everything, usually. I'll, I'll take high defense. Well, yeah,
1: then... you were also playing on hard, so that makes sense.
0: Yeah, so that's what I ended up using I also tried using that warrior bow and I never got the hang of it. Like somebody come into their discord and tell me how to make that work. Well, because you're not, I,
1: I looked it up because I was like, dude, what the heck? So you're supposed to, well, I don't know if I looked it up or read it in game or something, but what you're supposed to do is it, I think it does like full damage, even if it's not pulled all the way back, like a regular bow.
0: It does, but its full damage is low most of the yeah. time. Yeah.
1: So I think a lot of the time what you're using it for is to add like a status really fast, which I just use grenades for anyway, or sling or whatever the heck it's called.
0: Now that I think about it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see if I can find a warrior bow that has purge water. Because I, on stream the other day, I was fighting that slither thing, and like because of the way it moves, yeah, I kept missing it. So, and I was like, man, I need to find a bow with purge water. And so maybe that—that's it. Maybe when I go to find the, um, yeah, maybe that's it when I go to find the. Warrior bow with it and maybe my tune will change in a couple episodes.
1: Well, once you figure out which of the 50 vendors has it, let me know how <laughs> yeah, it
0: works. Exactly. Like before I go <laughs> looking, I'm I'm literally just gonna look online at all the warrior bows and see if I like, can find one purge water and then go directly to that vendor. Mm. You know, so but uh yeah. Uh but before leaving Chain Scrape, Aloy, she does talk need to talk to Jarf and Vuadis. And so when Aloy tells he's that the Bristlebacks are gone, he should move on, uh, he tells her that she isn't Aaron, so he's not moving. And it has very strong, you're not my dad vibes.
1: <laughs> you're not my supervisor.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. And she tells him, you know, it's on Aaron's orders, and they are, you know, that Aaron's father ahead waiting on him. And he starts going on about how you're supposed to have three escorts, but Drew is like you know, he's telling him, Look, I'm leaving. I'm going to Baron Light and Adi, she can come with me or you can stay behind in Chainscrape. And he's like, Oh, I don't want to stay behind with this riffraff. So he follows, you know, Jeriff.
1: I love that because he's like, Well, captain's orders, I'm out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. And I feel bad for Jeriff having to pick up that cart and move it.
1: Me too.
0: And I'm like, I guess they don't, I guess they really don't have Beast of bird, Beast of Burden, like, ox or horses or anything no. and i'm like dude an, an override would be really helpful
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> an override would be really helpful right now so i mean you know how rich ailey can be if she used that to her advantage right you know
1: well not now because so, you don't per- well no you can permanently override this the um, the, the
0: stuff you're gonna ride this, yeah that can, yeah. yep <laughs> so not to mention silence found a well, I don't have to cut that out. <laughs> 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 yeah. So, yeah, but that ends the the quest to the brink, and it actually starts the next main quest, the embassy. So now, I mean, there's a bunch of stuff that you could do between Chainscrape and Baron Light, but for now, we're just gonna go ahead to Baron Light. So you know, Aloy. She just skips past everything else going on right now, (laughs) and she finds Aaron in what used to be a holding area for people captured by the Red Raiders, and he's drinking. Uh, And Aoi asks, are you taking the edge off? And his reply is that if the world is going to end, he doesn't want to be sober for it. So, I mean, you know,
1: makes sense.
0: So I will say, even before we start talking about this, this interaction goes way better than their last drunk interaction
1: yeah (laughs) can i (laughs) just say though he's going through a lot and he's probably got a couple of broken ribs i don't think the medication in those days are that great so like you know alcohol is fine
0: then again if anybody's getting the good stuff it's him he's captain of the vanguard oh yeah so if anybody's getting the good stuff it will be him so Aaron, he gives a quick update on his life Uh, you know he says the vanguard's going well uh, he helped divide with the aftermath after the battle of the Eclipse. And then he took a month ago bury Ursa and the claim. And after he got back, he got the assignment to escort Vladis to the embassy. And then, when he talks about it, though, it sounds like he blames himself for the situation and the daunt, I guess. I don't know. Like Because when Aloy tells him that he got, like, you know, uh, he got blindsided, you know, and he's like well a few more of these and i'll believe you you know he says something to the effect of what he said oh i got the mission to escort Vuadis, and i thought that was going to be a A cakewalk so of course it went sideways you know and then they that's when she says the blind side of line oh you got blind side and he's like oh yeah you know a few more of these and i'll believe you like so like what fault is he taking here because he's talking about him getting hurt
1: I think so, but he was distracted. I mean, to be Exactly.
0: That's yeah, the thing. Like Aloy distracted him. He probably wouldn't have got hurt. Is it the other Vanguard getting hurt? Uh, you know, the delay in the embassy because that's not his that's fault not either. His as, fault as we're gonna either. find out.
1: Yeah.
0: Exactly. So most of this is not his fault because he was doing well until Aloy distracted him. <laughs> you know. So what is exactly does he feel bad about? But they don't expand upon it. You know,
1: yeah. Maybe I think maybe just because he got hurt, I, I feel like that might be what it is. But yeah, nobody, nobody else really got. I mean, his guy got hurt too.
0: Right, but. that is true. But they they weren't really. They were just coming to escort Vuadis through friendly territory. That's what they were coming. That's what they're gonna do. It was a babysitting job. Right. Like just make sure he gets there okay. Because they weren't. I don't even believe they were gonna go out with him to the embassy. They weren't. They, 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 that's. They, I don't even think that's what they were supposed to do. They're just supposed to get him to, the like to Baron Light, so he can do mm-hmm. the embassy. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's not none of this is really his fault, but you know, Aloy, anyway, she does ask about laying Ursa to rest, and you know, he says you know, the crowd came to show their respects. Yeah, half of them owed her a favor, and the other half owed her, uh, you know, her, owed her their lives. <laughs> so he says it was a rowdy funeral, and I guess it's common for Asaram. Because there's drinking and stuff. hmm So, they're a rowdy funeral, and I was waiting for him to say something like Vod went, but he never mentions it, so I'm assuming Avod did not go.
1: I, didn't, Where, I wouldn't think he would go. Well,
0: here's why I do think he would go, or should have went, right? So, I mean, I do understand that Meridian was rebuilding and stuff like that, but Ursa helped him liberate Meridian. He would not have been able to liberate Meridian without her. She was extremely important to the liberation of Meridian. She was extremely important to Meridian, period, because she was the leader of the Vanguard. And then, plus, he was like in love with her on top of that, but he keeps forgetting that part. Right. (laughs) (laughs) He He
1: keeps keeps thinking it was Aloy, yeah. No, yeah. there's a few reasons. I think people in Meridian might be upset if he went. He probably does have to oversee the rebuilding. He can't just be going out and getting drunk with a bunch of Asuram. That probably doesn't look too great for a ruler. And a lot of Asuram don't like him. That would be well, easily putting a target on his back and he could easily get killed.
0: Well, that would be. that's kind of like my next thing, though, that might have helped with Karja Asaram relations. Because he's there to show respect to you know pay his respects to Ursa,
1: yeah. Even if he it. just showed up for like five minutes or something,
0: exactly. I mean, he could take the vanguard with him. They're right. <laughs> you right? Know? So that's the thing. Like, they don't have to. He doesn't have to show up with like a like a, like a Karja military. Like, he he can roll with the uh, with the vanguard. So I think it would have been a good idea for him to actually show up there. But nope, he did not. Like I said, he keeps forgetting he was in love with her anyway. So. <laughs> Uh, but he does. She I mean, asks uh, what he knows about Baron Light. And he says nothing good because, like, like I mentioned before, that's where the prisoners were brought from the Red Raids. So the lucky ones became slaves and the other ones were sent to the Sun Ring. And he did mention that the Tanakh wrecked Baron Light before they chased the Karja out of the West. And now the Osaram are actually he's actually paying the Osaram to rebuild it, but he says it'll always be stained in blood. So we I, I don't know. Like, did they mention before that the Tanakh destroyed Bar- not destroyed Baron Light, but like wrecked Baron Light? I don't think they mentioned that fact before.
1: No, I think the only thing that they mentioned was that they pushed back
0: on yeah, the Karja they and back. they
1: got them out of their lands.
0: Yeah, because they, they pushed the Karja they pushed the Karja out of the Daunt, right? And I, that's why I thought maybe Baron Light needed to have repairs and stuff like that done. Because it just, they stopped using it. And it, it, it was not maintenance properly. But right. no, the, the the Tanakh came through and wrecked it, as he said.
1: Makes sense.
0: But uh yeah, they ended this conversation more friendly than the last. You know, Aaron tells her if she ever needs him that you know he will be there to help and tells her to be careful out there. So, you know, that, that's definitely a more friendly ending than the the last interaction that we had.
1: Yeah, I mean he's still he's still salty because he he does bring up like, oh, your silent departure, like because she was asking how things have been since, you know, and he's like, Oh, your silent departure. Like, okay, dude, we already went over this. Calm down. <laughs> um and then the next one was um he's like are you sure you want to go alone like it seems a lot for just one person and she's like you know aaron stop And he's like all right all right i got you but he's not wrong like <laughs> let him help so they, they kind of repeat a little bit from the last conversation like hey did you change your mind like eh, no okay. Right. yeah
0: yeah, even when he starts the conversation, he's like, "Oh, let me guess, you you're busy, like you know, you got someplace to be or something like yeah, that." Yeah, like make so. it fa-
1: like I'll make it fast. Oh, but right. when they started talking to the two Vanguard that were there, they're like, "Oh, that's our cue," and they just like walked away. They're like, "I, don't, I don't want to <laughs> yeah. be <part> of this.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, so after you talk with Aaron, you can speak with Lawan, who is he is the second in command of Baron Light. And the first thing I notice is that he addresses you as Aloy of the Nora. So he recognizes you by name, you know, and doesn't call you the savior of Meridian, doesn't call you a savage. He just calls you Aloy of the Nora, what brings you out the Baron Light, you know. So, um, you know, as you approach him, he's talking to, to some guards who appear to be nervous about the Tanakh. And he's basically showing that they're safe, you know, and. It's like the Karja pretty much, you know, they seem to believe that pretty much any tribe besides them or the Ashram are savages, right? But yeah. the Tanakh are like vicious savages to them because the Tanakh pushed them out of Barren Because
1: the Tanakh I mean, drink blood, obviously.
0: Oh, yeah. And in reality, I mean, the average Karja just probably doesn't they know very little about the Tanakh besides what they hear. They only know that the Tanakh were vicious enough or... Combat savvy enough to to push the Karaja out, you know. That's all they know, so they're a little bit scared of them. Just like, just like you know, they're scared of Nora too. Like that guy who was reading, like it, it was in Bright Market in Horizon Zero Dawn. That guy was reading that book, or you know, the scroll or the glyph that was talking about how the how savage the Nora were. And
1: Is that the how one they where said they eat wood or something like that. Yeah, they yeah. eat wood.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They eat wood and stuff, so it was funny. Uh, but, um, you know, Aloy, she's hoping to get the embassy started now that Vuadis is there. But Lawan tells her that the Tanakh have, you know, they haven't signaled that they're ready yet. Uh, so Commander Nozar, you know, he's signaled, but the Tanakh haven't sounded like these horns that they're supposed to sound. And Aloy just wants to go through the gate. But Lawan can't let her. He says, normally the gate is open for anyone who wants to go through, but no one's allowed in or out before the embassy. Like the, the Tanakh have to be gone before they allow you through the gate. And they start talking about the embassy, and you know, he tells that normally the cards offer like food, spices, and gear, and the Tanakh normally return personal items taken from cards soldiers during the war. Obviously, they're not going back to those soldiers because those soldiers are dead. You know, right. so they're gonna be taken back to their families. And you know, this one's different because it's not the not giving back of a soldier, you know, Fasav. Uh, uh, Fashav. Fashav. Yeah, we mentioned him in two episodes ago at this point. And, you know, he says that everyone's on edge because they don't know if things will go well until the embassy is over. So these things are pretty tense, right? So, you know, Lawan mentioned Tanakh the Marshals while he was talking to Aloy. And uh, they are the tribe's elite warriors who negotiate on behalf of the tribe's leader. And you find out that the Tanakh are actually broken into three clans. And they come, you know, with soldiers from each. So the three clans send soldiers and, well, I guess they don't send marshals, but they send soldiers from each clan. The marshals are there. And then that's when they usually start the embassy. He says the marshal will usually just stare down the card to sun Priest until they concede. Which I can see say, that because, I mean, it's not really a fair matchup. The marshals are warriors. Right. And the sun priests are spineless. The ones that we've met, they're mostly spineless, right?
1: Right. There's one that's like kind of cool, but like they're not warriors, they're not like they're they're literature like scripture kind of people. They're right. not they probably have never picked up a sword in their life.
0: Exactly. Like even the so there's been only been one that's been really he wasn't even a sun priest at the time. He left being a sun priest. Uh, at the time when we when we I forget remember his name, but we did a side quest. Is it Nadim?
1: Nari- no, is that is that the that's the queen's name, isn't it? Uh,
0: not, yeah.
1: I think it starts with an N, though.
0: I do also think it starts with an N. But even the the sun priest that went to the proving was like stuttering, and you know he was like he was not uh the he bravest, was
1: not confident. Yeah,
0: yeah. So that's not really. It's not really an even matchup, but it's part of the responsibilities for the Sun Priest. But I yeah. like it's finding a, a Sun Priest with a spine does not seem
1: it was. Uh, it's funny though, because even the Karja guard, he, uh, he said that one of the guards was face to face with the Tanakh for the first time and he came back drenched in sweat. And he was like, Oh, it was a really hot day that day, sir. And he's <laughs> like, Yeah,
0: sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is, that is true. It is funny because how confident the Karja Sun priests talk you know, when they're safe, you know, think about like Vuadis. You mm-hmm. know, how 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 uh, you know bolsterously they talk when they're safe, but they get out in front of, you know, into a into a tight situation, it's a it's a different story.
1: And then you just hide behind everyone, yeah.
0: Yeah, because Vuadis like, oh the Sun Priest are precious, protect me. <laughs> you right. know, that's that's what he would do. So Aloy wants to know where Nazar is and she says and she'll convince him to open the gates for her and Lawan's like, I don't think so because Nazar is not really going to break protocol. But then he takes her to Nazar anyway. So Nazar, he is having a conversation with Buadis about the Tanakh when they get there.
2: How are we to hold an embassy with a tribe that can't even govern their own people? What more can you expect from
0: barbarians?
2: Ahem. <clears throat> ah. Aloy, was it? Yes. The one who cleared the valley for you? That, Eloy. <laughs> we appreciate your service. At least we are ready for the embassy to begin. Didn't you just give the signal? Both sides must signal readiness. Until the Tanakh sound their horn, we wait. Yea, for as the first shall be cut. Shut up. Why the delay? The Tanakh are a tribe composed of three clans. How many banners do you see?
0: You're just gonna wait go find out what's wrong
2: <sighs> oh this isn't some forgotten corner of the east where you come from Nora. it's the forbidden west if you don't like it run back to meridian file a complaint
1: the meridian i saved you mean
2: that's right nobody walks to the gate until the third clan arrives and the tanakh horn has sounded not even the savior of meridian
0: well, he's like, you know, being a bit catty, right? He's like, oh, Aloy, was it? <laughs> you know, like, like, dude, you know who she is. She's a savior Meridian. She has a statue. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, like, why are you doing that? But you can tell that Nizar already has a poor opinion of the Tanath because as you're walking up, he's saying, you know, how are we supposed to have this embassy when they can't govern their own people? You know, and I mean, we already had an idea of what Vladees thought of them. But then he calls them barbarians. You know, he's like, what do you expect from barbarians? But I guess it's an upgrade. Like, you're a barbarian if you kick the cards ass. But other than that, you're just a savage. So I think barbarians may be a little bit of an upgrade from savage.
1: Uh, I mean, upgrade or downgrade? I guess in his eyes, I feel like maybe it's a downgrade.
0: Oh yeah, well he's talking down to them regardless, but I'm saying, like, yeah. you know, savage is the lowest level because savage means, you know, you can't you're you're a savage and you haven't beaten the Karja. Barbarian, at least you've beaten the Karja. You got something there.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, because he wasn't scared of Aloy. He knew I think he knew she was a Nora, but he wasn't scared seeing a yeah, Nora. He, knew,
0: he said, Oh, well, you'd you'd, you know, bring the elevator down for this Nora girl, the savage. Yeah. That's what you know, he said. But yeah, like he, he wasn't afraid of Aloy, but he is yeah, he, he's definitely going to be afraid to knock. Uh, but uh, Aloy's wondering what's the holdup. And, you know, Nazar kind of gives a snarky answer. You know, he's like, there's three clans. How many banners do you see out there? You know, just answer the question, dude. Like, just say there's only two or three tribes are present. See? Two banners. So Aloy wants him to take action, find out what's going on. But Nazar isn't budging, you know, says she doesn't like it. She can go file a complaint in Meridian, and then actually Aloy does try to pull pull that Savior of Meridian card, but it does not work. He just like swats that right down. He's like, no, he's not having it. So, yeah, he's he's not gonna let her through. And as arrogant as he sounds, he's not wrong here. No, he's not. He's not wrong here. The problem isn't. Yeah. Yeah, he's just arrogant about it. He's being annoying, right? But. The problem isn't on the Karja side, it's on the Tanakh side. The three clans supposed to be present, there's only two. And it was probably hard enough getting the Tanakh to this point. So right. the protocol's there for a reason. Like, the fact that the Tanakhs would even talk to the Karja after what they did is, like, kind of a miracle. Right? Because it's not like the other clans where the Karja were raiding them and beating them, right? The other clans were just surviving. Like, the Banuk pulled back to Banner, mm-hmm. The Osron pulled back to the claim. The Nora pulled back to their lands, you know. The Tanakh actively pushed the Karja out, and when if you if you're listening to this, and you actually haven't like gone gone farther and 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 seen where the Tanakh actually live, it is a far distance. They oh, yeah. didn't. The Tanakh didn't just pull back to their lands and defend it like every other clan did. They pushed out of their lands, pushed through somebody else's land pushed through a land that nobody claims, and then took baron light on top of that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) they really went out of their way to get them out of there, to get them back to their own territory. I think is basically what they were trying to do, to push the Karja back into their own territory.
0: Well, they they made the Karja do what the other clans did. They made the Karja give up land, because the Karja gave up the daunt. They gave up the dawn. They left the dawn. Not just Baron Light, but they oh, left the dawn.
1: Oh, that's right.
0: Yeah, and that's like that's like the Banuk giving up the cut. That's like the Nora giving up Valley meat. Yeah, you know they did the they opposite. May, yeah, they they the Tanakh pushed the Carja out. So unlike the Nora who may or the Nora or the Banuk or the or the Asaram who may be okay. Well, you guys want to talk now and not attack us great <laughs> you know let's okay they'll be open to talking the tanakh have no reason to talk to the karja mm-hmm. why would i talk to you we beat your ass <laughs>
2: Like right. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we, we
0: we we beat you out of here like why do we need to talk to you so yeah i mean that's the thing like they that it's was probably very difficult to get to this point uh with the tanakh you know, there's a lot of spilled blood on both sides, You know, so they're going to gonna follow protocol. And, and I do understand Aloy has her own problems she's focused on, and her problems are actually bigger than this in reality, but it's not like she's sharing with the class either. Right. It would be different if she said something and they didn't believe her or discarded her but they didn't. They don't know. Like All they know is like this is happening right now, and Mazar's like, it is my job to go make sure this goes smoothly. And because From his perspective, if this does not go smoothly, it's not just about what's going to happen with Avad, right? If this doesn't go smoothly, he it could lead to another attack on Baron Light. He could lose the entire place. He could lose a lot of soldiers. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's not the bad guy here. He... Uh, You know, a lot of people. I I would say more people in this game than the last are painted as just obstacles to Aloy for almost no reason, right? Yeah.
1: So something, something here too is like how she wants to like tell everyone like stop calling me Savior of Meridian and the Anointed or whatever. But then she slings that around whenever it's convenient to her. Like you can't, you can't have one way or the other. And that's what she's doing here. Like. Do you know who I am?
0: <laughs> right, exactly. Like, yeah. So I think it, it kind of goes to like like an attitude shift that we've uh, we're kind of seeing with the character,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know. And we're gonna it's going we're gonna address it several times because this keeps happening throughout the game. Like, you know, like these people, like I would say in Horizon Zero Dawn, there were more people who caused obstacles for her because she was a Nora. Because she was an Outlander, you know, and and this in in many cases they didn't have very good reasons for doing what they they did, you know. When Aratak was kind of getting in her way in the frozen wilds, he had good reason. She's an Outlander; she doesn't know, you know, how things work there. He's doing what he thinks is best for his tribe. You know what I'm saying? But the conflict, you know. The conflict still kind of like makes sense, uh but our talk was not painted as like a bad guy, <laughs> you know what I'm right. saying, or, like, or, yeah. or, or 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 being arrogant. And I think maybe they should have taken that uh, like that, that uh That approach with this guy here, like he didn't need to be a jerk, you know, uh, uh, about it. He just needs to have his stance, yeah. you know.
1: And so far, every like we keep running into obstacles of people being jerks because Ayla a- 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 is pretty understanding. If they say you can't do this, and then explain why not, she usually tries to find like a non-bursting through the front gateway around it. You know,
0: right? Exactly. Like she'll usually, like, oh, you can't do this because of X. Yeah. Let me solve X. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and that's the way that has kind of gone. That that has happened. I mean, even with like what happened with talk uh it, it, that was like the only way for her to get around it and she was reluctant to do it like though for her, to her become the chief she didn't want to do it she's like i'm going to i'm going to become the chief so i can start running this joint like you know it wasn't, right. like, it wasn't like that she was still kind of reluctant to do it because she realized it was the only way for for it to work uh but in this one you know no not so much so uh but at this at this point As a player, you have the choice to either wait and go do other stuff in the daunt, or you can just go through the gate. So we are going to go through the gate, but not in this episode, (laughs) because past the gate, when the embassy actually happens, there's a lot that happens there, and we don't want this to be a two-hour episode. So in the next episode, we will uh, make it through the gate. So we're going to leave that cliffhanger there, but... What I do want to talk about is a little bit about the daunt, because I don't think we really talk too much about the daunt. We've just been in the daunt, and we're not going to talk about any side quests right now. Uh, I will tell you we're going to wait until after we're done with the embassy to talk daunt side quests is a good reason for that, and we'll get into it. But uh there are a couple things, a couple activities to do in the daunt that are loose, you know that that aren't associated with any quests. And uh, and I mean, we know that the Dawn is the westernmost part of the Sundom, right? Uh, it was abandoned by the Karja during the Red Raids after the Tanakh pushed them out. Uh, and it wasn't actually reoccupied until the liberation. So that's pretty recent. Like, that's within the last two years, you know. And then on top of that, it kind of lets us know that if they could just kind of go back and start rebuilding it, that the, T- the Tanakhs weren't there anymore. So I think what happened is that the Tanakhs pushed the Karja out you know, destroyed Barren Light and then left, you know. And that makes a lot of sense because the Tanakh territory is not that close to the Daunt.
1: Right. What would they use the Daunt for?
0: Right. Exactly. It's not that, it's not that close to the Daunt. In between Tanakh territory and the Daunt, there's like a mountain range. There is a whole other tribe. <laughs> you know, there is an unclaimed territory. So yeah, there's, they just wanted to push them as far away as they could from from their land. So and it, like it, it, the Daunt's of Valley so it's surrounded by huge mountains. It's a great way to trap players and all of the settlements in the Daunt though appear to be like gathering operations by the Asaram to build to rebuild Barren Light. So, you know, cuz like for example there's like this red hue which is a stone gathering outpost did you go there it's like toward the top of the map like Uh, there's no reason to go there there's no quest or anything like that to my knowledge but you can go there
1: wait let me look it up real quick is it like a little alcove i I don't know
0: yeah like, like i said there's no reason to actually go there but it's there you can go there
1: so I didn't realize like a bunch of places were settlements. When I was looking at recording, I like teleported to a place and it was like, you're in Iron Heap or something. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> There's a bunch of little settlements because I, I, they consider like each little tent outpost, I guess, as a, a settlement.
0: Yeah. So like I guess they're, they're settlements, but they're also uh, they, their primary function is usually a resource gathering. So like I said, Red was was for stone. Last log is for logging. Uh, there are several mining operations uh, to gather minerals. So, I don't know, without the rebuilding of Baron Light, it almost seems like the daunt, it wasn't really settled. Like, it was just Karja territory, but it wasn't really settled. Like, nobody was out there. It was like they had, they had Baron Light out there to keep you know, whatever was west of that out, but people weren't really living there. Like,
1: Yeah, that's what, well, there it, that's were, what like, it felt like. T- Outlook towers and all kinds of stuff there, too, so it just looked like it was a protection point between them and, and the west.
0: That is, yeah, exactly. Uh, so there is a vista point out there. That, that is the first vista point in the game. This is what replaces vantage points, and I do not like them. I don't either. I don't like them. They are annoying, and there is no payoff. Like, (laughs) it really isn't. Like, there's no ongoing story with them like it was with the vantage points. With the vantage points, there were stories, you know? So, like, that story with Bashar was great to pull together the vantage points, and it gave you insight into the world. Uh, Yeah, I don't... (sighs) From a story perspective, they were—they pro- might have said, oh, well, we can't do Vantage Points again because, you know, they did explain that Bashar, the only reason those Vantage Points are out there is because Bashar stole a prototype of something mm-hmm. that was being worked on at FAS. But they could have just had another company work on something similar. Actually, no, there was another company that worked on something similar and got the product out first. And that's why this was shelved.
1: Oh, yeah, so that would have made so much more sense, because these ones are really, I don't like the little puzzle they make you do, because it doesn't go off your focus. Right, yeah. So, if you're just like, oh, I'm just gonna, if you go out you of to, the area, then it goes off, and then you have you to come back and then off. re-trigger. Oh, you can? You
0: turn. Yeah, you have to hit, it's like up or down or something like that on Ugh. your D-pad. But if you're not looking, like, I for the first half of the game, I didn't know... I didn't see it like I I actually hit the button by accident that's how I found out <laughs> and I was like what it disappeared is it broke is it another bug no well yeah. that, that's what it was so
1: and I, I feel like they I couldn't see and I've had this issue with other vantage points I couldn't really make out what the picture was supposed to be so overlaying it was like a little frustrating
0: Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, I mean, there's an overlay of an image with a spot in the world that you have to get to, like, you know, to line up, right? But it doesn't always work properly. Like, some of them are super sensitive, too. There's one later Mm -hmm. in the game that I don't want to, like, talk about yet because I don't want to give away the location that I had to be on the exact, like, I had the image lined up. I had it lined up perfectly, and it wouldn't work until I got my feet standing on one specific spot you know it was frustrating and and it can be difficult to make out what you're actually seeing so lining up the image on top of that is just another problem
1: see because because obviously this was the first one that i did i wonder if we had an issue with the same one i've only done two but there was one that i had to just climb to get to and i was like okay i'm pretty sure that this is you know the angle i'm supposed to be at but, no, I had to be on, like, a specific, like, rock at a specific spot to Angle, be able to. Yeah. yeah. The
0: The only clues they give you is are Aloy's voice lines. Like, yeah. she, as like you're getting close to the place, she's like, oh, I'm, I, I must be getting close to the spot. Oh, no, this isn't it. This is too high up. This is too low down. Like, she'll talk and, yeah. t- and say. Uh, and then, but if you're getting close to the spot, she's like, oh, I, must, I think I'm getting close. I think I'm getting close. Red hot now. Like this should be red hot <laughs> now, but like, you know, that's how it kind of, that's how it kind of goes. Um, so yeah, they there. they I, I wish that they just, they either implemented, found a way to implement the same van, like this, like vantage point. Like I've actually been calling vantage point but vista points. I, I think they should have tried to implement it the same way or just leave it out. Just, yeah. just leave it out of the game. There's enough to do in the game. You you didn't need it.
1: Exactly. I think they were like, oh, we had this in the last game. We have to figure out how to put it into the next game.
0: Yeah. No. I think they. they yeah. They. They definitely did not have to because, I mean, the vantage points. mean oh, the vista points. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> they're they're basically like the the lore behind them is that they were left behind by Miriam Technologies, which is oh, it was Elizabeth's company. That was, a, that was her. That was the company she ran. And they're basically just promotion of their products. Like, so this the, the, the Don't Vista point uh, tells us that the Don't used to be Zion National Park in Utah. And it was like, it's, I'm not going to quote it like word for word, but it says something to the effect of these national parks are part of our national history. And a lot of them would be gone if it wasn't for our Forester line of wilderness management machines. And hey, I'll quote this part. It says they were designed to restore wild landscapes the way nature intended to them them to be. You know, and so each Vista point talks about a different technology that Miriam Mer- technology made, which is all natural stuff, because that's what that's what you know Elizabeth did. And yeah, I mean, there's comments on them too. You see like, you can like I guess as people made it to those Vista points, they could comment on them. And they did, and I have yet to find a comment worth reading like nothing that (laughs) that that's like that it's not even funny right like you know there's nothing that's like uh gives you any information on the world because even the vantage points did the vantage points gave you information on what the world was like and Mm -hmm. you know things like that You, you know you got to see uh you got to see what a concert looked like in their world you got to see what uh uh no, I was gonna say a football stadium, but like a stadium looks like stadium,
1: with,
0: yep. <laughs> yeah, that oh, what was the name of that game? Riggs. Riggs, yeah. yeah. That, that game like the the, <laughs> the one that I didn't know existed before you said something. <laughs> that you know, that stadium you got to see what the Pharaoh building looked like, what a museum was, like all these different things you got to see. And with the Vista points is like oh here's a uh a uh, satellite array
1: yeah, I was gonna say, is
0: a satellite. Uh, <laughs> here is a uh, a building. <laughs> you know, like it's it's nothing very interesting about it. Just to be perfectly honest, the one that I'm talking about, the one that I actually had the most trouble with, was actually kind of cool. Like when you when you get it, but for the most part, like I'm I'm not a fan of these of these vista points. So I have I stopped getting them. I stopped getting them. And I'll go back and get them now that I'm in the end game. But uh, yeah, during the game, I wasn't really a fan of it. But there's also relic ruins, which are ruins where you find relics. (laughs) You know, so they're basically just broken down buildings that you have to find a glowing relic, which you don't really find out what those relics do. I'm going to say level 26, 27.
1: And it's not just that. You have to then, there's nothing that's really taking you to that place either. So you have to hit a place in the story and then go to a specific spot. And then you're like, oh.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, we'll get into it when, when we we'll, get we'll there. We'll get
1: into that, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, yeah, we'll get into it when we get there and we'll, we'll see. Um, but yeah, there's there's going relics. You don't really know what to do. You actually get a lot of collectibles in this game before you figure out what they do you do like they don't introduce the the reason to get the collectible they introduce the collectible and then later on you find out what the collectibles. which which it's not that bad i think it's, that's fine like I, I don't have a problem with that uh but these relic runs do require a bit of puzzle solving for you to figure out you know how to get to the relic thankfully like they do have a voice line where if you don't have a specific tool to do whatever the puzzle is, she'll say, oh, I guess I'll have to come back later. So that was nice because Mm -hmm. you don't sit there just trying to figure out if you can actually do it or not.
1: There's that. And then if you collect everything that there is to collect, because there's chests throughout. So if you collect the final chest, she's like, oh, I guess I got everything here. But then if you leave and you don't have anything collected, she's like, oh, there might be other stuff there.
0: That is true. Yeah, she does say that. Other things. But sometimes, sometimes I just ignore it because I've gone back and got, like, a white chest that I didn't open.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, sometimes I ignore it, too, because I'm like, I, I don't know how to reach that where I didn't see it and I don't feel like looking.
0: Yeah. So they definitely added more puzzle elements to this game because, we, I mean, one of the complaints we had before was that you only had those little, tur- like, the, the turning puzzles mm-hmm. in Horizon before. But now, because actually, you know... Mainly because of the uh, the pull caster, pole caster. Yeah. you know you can pull things, you can break walls. I would say my it's not really a complaint. I will just say that sometimes it's unclear how to solve a puzzle, which I guess it's that's the point of the, the puzzle, puzzle, right? The puzzle, yeah. But to a degree, you know, with the pull caster, you can, or well, even with the with the boxes, you can kind of just like move them around, and sometimes you just may not have the box in the right spot and. It's not obvious that it's not in the right spot. It may just look like a place that you can't get to. Yeah. Well, even for example, so I was when I was streaming the other day, and I went into one of these relic ruins. I actually had the box in the right spot, but the game, like I could not latch on to a ledge. So I actually thought that I was doing like I wasn't supposed to go up there. But I pushed the box right back to the same spot, got on top of it, and then jumped on it with no problem. I was like, oh okay.
1: I, it's really funny with these boxes because Aloy slings them around like there's they're like cardboard boxes when they're like clearly made out of metal yeah <laughs> and she does this because there's there's a puzzle where there's like one stacked on top of another and she does it like it doesn't act like it's any heavier she's just like <laughs>
0: yeah that is true now I, I will say that so but uh yeah everything else has some little weight like this i know you can like there's like Uh, A couple areas where you can push these train cars, and that actually has has a a bit. Yeah, that has weight. I mean, it doesn't have enough weight that she is like she's just pulling it with her bare arms, like you know.
1: (laughs) You can pull it. You can stand in front of it and pull it backwards, and I'm like, man, real life scenario, me would never. That's a that's a work hazard there. Like fall backwards and just roll you over. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, So, but uh, those are. Two of the activities that you can find throughout the world, because every area has probably, I would say, at least one relic ruin.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, every area has at least one relic ruin and at least one vista point. Yeah, so you can do those. But I, like I, said, I have, I, I at this point, I haven't completed either. Even though I do believe the relic ruins will probably have a better ending than the vista points. <laughs> Just being off of who you deal with with the relic ruins,
1: yeah, I agree with that. I, I do like the puzzles though, like they're not super complex, but they are fun little puzzles. It's a lot, it, it's something to help break up w- the consistency of fighting machines. That's
0: true, yeah. Like sometimes, like they're, I would say, a relic ruin. Once you, if you know, you may not see the puzzle you know right away but once you get it you're like okay this was like it was this was supposed to be a five minute thing right <laughs> you know that's what it, they'll usually come down you're like, oh this was only supposed to be a few minutes not the 30 i just spent on it <laughs> 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 you know um yeah so no i do like the the, the relic ruins so we're we're 50 50 right now on activities you know vista points can go relic ruins can stay
2: mm-hmm.
0: they'll patch that out now that i said it you know <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so we're going to go ahead and close up this episode. Uh, Christina, how you feeling? What, what, what are you thinking right now about the game? Final thoughts.
1: Final thoughts. Uh, at this point, I, like I said, I'm like 50-50 on Aloy's attitude. It's, just, <laughs> it's a little <laughs> frustrating. I do like how she's telling people to shut up or cutting people off or just walking away from them if she's like not digging the conversation. That's fun. I think that's funny. But I think at this point, I think I said I was overwhelmed last time. I think I'm starting to get into a little bit the idea of combat. But at the same time, I did, like, all of the everything before I got here. Like, that I could have in the daunt. So, it it's pretty good. I'm I'm feeling pretty, pretty all right at this point, though.
0: Yeah, when I was playing at this point, I was ready to go. Because, you know, and I guess we'll talk about it now because we're just about at at the end of this this area because once you do the embassy the world really opens up for you but including all the side quests and everything it took me 10 uh, if uh, Mm -hmm. from the beginning of the game to get out of the dawn it took 10 hours and i feel like that's a long time (laughs) i feel like that was a long time to be at this stage of the game
1: i think i shot myself in the foot here because as soon as i got out of the dawn I just kind of chilled with story for a while because I was like, I just did so much side stuff and the Dawn is very compact compared to the rest of the world.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
1: So like as far as like side quest and, and random things to do. So I think once I got out of the Dawn, I was like, I'm just going to vibe with story for a bit because I am very overleveled and I just oh, kind of need to know what's going on.
0: Yeah, I just, I, I've talked about pacing a few times, and I think this is what I was kind of, you know, talking about, that the pacing of the beginning of the game, I think they could have did that a bit better, you know, because if you, if you think about what you do in the first 10 hours of Horizon Zero Dawn, and let's recap, right, Mm -hmm. meet Aloy, train, do the proving, uh, meet Sona, catch up with the killers, and stop them and then open the gates to uh to uh the Sundom. you know i forget daybreak uh, day uh yeah day day tower yeah, day tower, day tower yeah, is at daybreak so day tower right um you, you do all that stuff within the first 10 hours of horizon zero dawn
1: and there's only like four or five side quests
0: and the first 10 hours of horizon zero dawn right it's mostly yeah. main story it's yeah. mostly main story So in in this game, like what you do, the Farzan facility, you have an interlude in Meridian, then you come to the daunt and then you're, you just stay there. You know, it does not move very quickly for 10 hours. So the pacing just felt a little off. Now I will say once you're out of the daunt and the world opens up, now you can move at your own pace. Mm -hmm. You you really can. So, the pacing is not an issue throughout the rest of the game. I will say that. It's just the opening to the game to me, the pacing was a bit off.
1: Yeah. I felt like the daunt was so big, though. I didn't feel really. Because in my brain at this point, in my little baby Horizon Forbidden West brain, I was like, I'll do everything in every area before moving forward. And that that is not what I'm doing now. Like, that is way too much.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, as I was gonna say, the don't is like is is the new embrace, right? You know? But it's like a, it's like being in the bra in the embrace for like because the first thing in this facility, it only took me about two hours. I mean, it took me two hours I think to go through the whole thing. But if I was playing on regular difficulty, it would have taken me an hour. And then let's just say the interlude is thirty minutes. So I'm gonna say the don't takes eight hours and a half, you know, if you if you do go through everything. So yeah, I just I just felt it was a little bit too long.
1: Yeah, and there's not really exciting fights, like, actually, now that I think about it, because you fight a Corruptor so fast, and you have the whole proving you, you, stuff, like... You,
0: you start fighting big machines in Horizons Dawn in like, the first two to three hours. Like, you fight yeah. a Sawtooth really fast, fe- like, pretty early. You fight the Corruptor, like you said. You fight multiple, multiple Corruptors in the first ten yeah. hours of the game. Yeah, you know, and this well, you, one you just fight
1: bristlebacks, and they're not actually tough. Tough, yeah. I mean, it, it might have looked bad when I like first started, but like they're not tough machines at all.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, definitely, um, definitely. Uh, just I'll say that was, that that was probably my biggest complaint of the game when I first started playing it. Like, uh, you know, and it's probably my biggest complaint of the game. Period is that the beginning of the game was just not paced that great
2: mm-hmm.
0: i will I, I think that's that's that and then my second is about how they handle the difficulty but i mean that's not really it's j- the difficulty setting just kind of turned the game into something that was a little unenjoyable for me somebody else may really enjoy that i can see somebody else really enjoying it. There's entire genres of game made like that so i'm not gonna lie You'd be like, it's terrible because it doesn't <laughs> fit my like what i like to do but like just for me like that I, uh, that, that, that difficulty didn't really fit so but uh, yeah, I think with that, we're going to go ahead and close up here. Uh, I'd like to thank everybody for listening. If you want to keep up with what's going on with this show and the rest of the MASH's button network, you can follow us on Twitter.com slash The MASH Network. Christina, where can they find you?
1: You can find me at S'mores Pop-Tart on Twitter and Twitch. I'm also the host of another podcast on the network called Wonders Tales. We talk about Final Fantasy 14 content, and we release bi-weekly on Wednesdays, mostly
0: mostly yes <laughs> um you can find me on twitter at jostradamus and sometimes i do stream on twitch that twitch.tv slash mash those buttons and uh like i mentioned earlier we'd love to have you join our discord community we'd love to hear from you uh about the game about the show can comments and questions so join us at mash.gg discord you can also send your comments and questions to us on twitter or you can just email us at contact at uh, if you enjoy the show you want to help us out one of the best ways to do that is to share the show with others and to rate and review. Showing your favorite podcast platform of choice. Uh, if you want to support Mashless Buttons a bit more, you can go to mtb mtb.gg slash support, and you can see all the different ways to support Mash's buttons. Uh, one might be Patreon, but we do have uh, you know, most of our tiers are show based, but we do have a general tier starting at two dollars a month. Uh, we do have a Teespring store that you can get to at merch.mash.gg uh to buy some Mashless Buttons merchandise. We do have Twitch descriptions available at twitch.tv slash smash buttons if you prefer to support it that way. And we also have a humble humble bundle affiliate link to buy games in the Humble Bundle store, which when you buy games from the Humble Bundle store, uh, you just get download codes for your favorite launcher like Steam or Epic Game Store you play. And uh, we also do have a one-time PayPal donation link, so you can all all those different ways you can help support Smash Those buttons. And, uh, yeah, with that, we are done with this episode. We will see you on the next episode of the embassy. Bye.